Um, hello and welcome to Radio, a podcast by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Today we're coming at you from Cape Town, Washington DC and sunny Johannesburg. I'm your host Ross Drakes and I'm with my co-host Richard Mulholland. Hello there, uh, it's great to be on the show as always. Uh, with us both today is EO CEO Carrie Santos, our boss our fearless leader, Carrie, yes. fantastic. Great to have you. Great to be here, guys. Uh, I'm not your boss. I work for you. So it doesn't feel like I, that. I disagree, <laughs> and I don't think this should be the case. Let's actually start off with with question number one. Now, sure. You no, we, we got to start with uh, we got to start with the uh, elevator pitch. You got to okay. start. Damn it! <laughs> yes, I was going to come out swinging. Okay, no, no. So, so Carrie, give us, give us your elevator pitch. So I will give you a different elevator pitch, not to outsiders. Um, but what I have figured out when talking to members, they don't understand my business model, which I think is uh, engaging and interesting. My business model is to teach entrepreneurs how to get out of their business how to open up their lives with all this free time, how to free the business so that it runs much better. And then I scoop up your free time and get free work done at an amazing rate with genius. So it, it's a really good business model. I got that. So uh, I think that's a little better than an elevator pitch. I have used it in elevators with members and they usually like it. So it's actually <laughs> physically an elevator pitch. Yes. <laughs> So Rich, it's now, you can go. now you can swing. Do you guys, it's amazing how good the noise cancellation is on this crisp. My dogs are going absolutely crazy at the moment. Uh, okay, so I tell you what it was, the becoming out swinging is, do you ever wish that members would get out of the way and let staff just do their job. Because I wholeheartedly believe uh, two main principles. Principle number one, I actually really, really deeply believe that the EO staff have our best interest at heart. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, three, uh, three beliefs. So the second thing is uh, that I believe that they're highly, highly, highly competent. And in fact, I've rarely worked with a staff member where I didn't think, oh my goodness, if, if only I was good enough of business, I could hire these people. They're like so good. Mm -hmm. And then I think they get attached with like 20 of us in leadership positions and they have to spend so much of the time herding cats and we're often in their way. Is that wrong? I, I think you're giving the example of where it doesn't work. Uh, it's absolutely true. I recently was trying to calculate about 60% of the staff directly liaise with a committee or a subcommittee or a region. Uh, and probably most people don't realize that, that it, and usually it's like you said, one person, 10 members, and if there's 10 ideas and there's no structure, you literally could answer emails all day, uh, be on calls, individual ones all day and never do your job. So, I mean, that is an extreme. I think though, Part of the beauty of the job, part of the reason people like working at EO is if they think it's amazing to work with entrepreneurs. So it's not like we want to be stuck in a corner and like sitting there tallying our numbers and go away. That, that's definitely the wrong message. The right. beauty of figuring out um, how to work with volunteers. Let's just say that. I mean, how, how to work with this free labor force. It's a big part of my business model. I just revealed the secret. Um, you have to find that engaging and exciting. It, it's 100% leading through influence, which we're also teaching you to do. So we have very similar um, dilemmas in that regard. But we need members. Like, we're not going to get the priorities right. We're not going to get uh, a lot of things about execution right if we don't understand you. So I, I literally don't think we could just have a committee of us sit in the corner and roll stuff out. And the thing I really strongly believe is that innovation doesn't come out of the Alexandria office. Like that's not what we're there for. We have 14,000 innovators. And so it's not like, oh, just let us come up with your new idea and your new product and let us implement it. That, that would not be EO. So I, I'll push back a little bit on you, Rich. Awesome. But I think when we do it well, it's getting the genius from you guys and maybe let's say the push from us. Um, but you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, I think that, that's a that's a great answer, and I I can I can see a lot of truth there. 
So then what would you say then, if I was a member of the Alexandria team or the broader team, what's my job then? Just so, just so the people can understand, because I, I don't think our members, and this does go to people who are not members, but I don't think our members specifically understand uh, the real role that staff, uh, let's take global out of it, but staff in mm. general uh, right. Uh, provide. Right. Uh, well, I think it's good to take global out of it, but it works so much differently in a chapter versus uh, when you're not when you're volunteering outside your chapter. In your chapter, there's a board of 10, 12, 15 people and one or a half-time person. So really, the 10 and 12 and 15 of you are doing everything. You're, you're physically rolling up your sleeves, you're making all the calls, you're booking everything. And when you start volunteering outside of your chapter, you actually have more of an executive team. So it's different than the volunteers doing every single role to get a, a job done. It's more like you have a team where they'll hear your idea, they'll hear your vision, and they'll say, great, let's go do it. We can tell you how we've done it before. We can give you four options. We'll tell you which one is best, ideally, from what we think. And then we talk about it. And... Ideally, you check in and say, oh, yeah, that looks right. Or, oh, no, you're going the wrong way. Members don't like that stuff. And we, we should be able to implement and execute uh, in a way that in the chapter, you, you got to do it all. And it's actually hard sometimes to teach members like, hey, we got that for you. Like, if you're making a PowerPoint, that's wrong. We should make the PowerPoint. You know, we should set up the meetings. We should think about the agenda. We should uh, make sure the right questions are being put forward on the agenda. Uh, but you shouldn't have to, you know, write a paper. Like a volunteer should never have to write a paper. <laughs> if someone asks you to write a paper, don't do it. <laughs> That's my team's job. You know, that we can put it in the framework and reflect what, what are those best ideas going forward. So, so can I ask a question? So, so you, you know, what I, I find fascinating about EO is it's, it's ultimately more of a corporation than it is an entrepreneurial enterprise just because of the sheer scale of it like yes, it's, it's yes. too big to be an entrepreneurial business mm -hmm. um so so what are some of the things you've seen you know like like we, we've had a lot of members on this show and i've had a lot of conversations with members of people who've done quite bold and quite drastic and quite wild things with their businesses to survive mm -hmm. this time and to make it through this time like what are some of the things you've seen people do that that you thought were interesting and then how does how do you reconcile that as the person steering a much bigger ship that can't just spin around in 24 hours and, and completely change what it does? Yeah, yeah. So I don't see EO as a corporation at all. You know, I, I, I think of corporations like what you hear about in business school and they got these strategic plans and they have these pyramids and they, they implement stuff. I really, really think EO is a network. And if you think about it as a network, you come up with different models in your head. So if we, I, I, literally, maybe you all or anyone listening to this podcast has people they know who are great network thinkers, because we haven't pulled out all of those properties, but if it's a network, then all of these different ideas are spinning at once and we have a marketplace of ideas and the best stuff comes out and I don't have to steer it. You literally, members and chapters can vote by adopting what they saw another member or chapter do. And we then amplify that to make it easier for you to find the best stuff. Um, and you know, there have to be some rules guiding the network, you know, maybe like a Facebook group, right? Where it's not just a complete free for all. We share certain values. We spend money, which you wouldn't do in a Facebook group. So we've got to have the accountability side of that. But um, we're not steering it. You know, a network has a life of its own and we need it to be that. Like that's the best thing EO has to offer. There's, it would be terrible if we tried to put it into a structure that um, uh, aligned it too much. Harry, can I ask you, so the one thing that I'm really struck by is, in fact, some members have said that uh, I was quite surprised that they've had less value. Well, in fact, very few members, I should say, have said that they've had less value over this time because of the yeah. lack of in-person events. Mm -hmm. I personally have seen a massive upsurge in value over this time, um, not just from the access to from the WhatsApp groups and the benefits, yeah. but but also from just my exposure. Like this, this is really now a global organization. I was at an event 
the other day in the Americas with Daniel Pink. So, you know, mm -hmm. people have just been to amazing events they wouldn't have otherwise had access to, interacting with members on the on the kind of business sector groups, which I think if, if you're listening and you're a member and you're not a member of your kind of business center vertical group, you are missing a chunk of value of global professionals who are in the same space as you, financial services, retail, whatever the case may be, who are all sharing each other's playbooks. But um, so, so for me, EO has evolved. In the last three, four months, I've got a different EO than I had going in. However, then I'm thinking, well, EO's structure, when, when it started 31, 32 years ago, and indeed copying the model of YPO, you know, 40 years before that, the, the, the structure of forum, chapter, region, global made sense. Whereas now I feel like it's just a really nice distributed model. Do we still, should we not be relooking to some degree? So the, 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 the overarching structure of this network that you've described. Absolutely. Uh, it was built on chapters. And if you go back, just like organizational history, Chapters is a, a model that's been around for like 150 years. Uh, I was in Red Cross, uh, Red Cross, like that, that's a chapter organization, very uh, 20th or 19th century model. And let's just call that out. Like, you know, that's it's an old way of people getting together, but it's how we grew. It's the organic growth. It made everything um, sustainable growth, you know, not just some, some kind of growing um, sales organization, but absolutely, it has to be, I would say, rigorously challenged. So we were doing this discussion one year ago in June with our global board about what does it mean that we only have local chapters that are geographically based? I mean, we have a few other things, but that the heart was geographically based chapters. And uh, we, the board, uh, several regions involved said, hey, we have to mix it up. This is not just being chained to that one model isn't going to work. So the board approved a whole year ago something called a regional chapter. We literally didn't know what it was. Like it was It's not like we're this huge bunch of research is done. We, we have it all laid out. Like, okay, we don't know what it is. We know it's not geographic. We know it's different. We're going to start some pilots and just see what comes out. Turns out probably the best thing we've done to prepare for coronavirus because the question last June was, can you do a virtual forum? And a lot of well, we don't think you could do a virtual. No, you can't do a virtual forum. Well, every forum turns virtual overnight. <laughs> now, do you like it? Maybe not. Is your preference? Maybe not. But sure, you can do it. So um, a lot of the things that we thought might take us two years to start to pilot got piloted like that. And uh, let's face it, if, if this regional, virtual, it could be industry-based, it could go in 50 different ways. It doesn't have to be one model. It, it helps people who don't live in one place. It helps people who don't have the, the time commitment to their in-person uh, meeting. We have so many people who live in more than one location that can't be tied down. It just gives options. It's putting the member at the center as opposed to saying the, the chapter's needs are at the center. And I, I think we've blown it up and it really has no, um, nothing to stop it. So, so but my first thought is you're absolutely right. And I think there's huge value as a, so I've really enjoyed uh, forum this way. Uh, mm -hmm. I have to normally fly up to Johannesburg for my forum. It's a okay. two hour flight. This is nice. Uh, we have another member who lives in Durban. So he's got an hour flight as well. The, my first thought then is why even regional? Why would it not just be, uh, you know, there's a, there's a global forum and you join in and provided you can make the time zones work. But if you ask me, and I love my forum, but if I was joining tomorrow and you said to me, you could be a forum of people in Cape Town or you can be in a forum of you still come to maybe local events yeah. and, you know, wherever you are, you remember. So, so that your, your Jews just are only global, but they allow then they pay to funds prorated um, there. And then I could join a forum in which the members that I was dealing with were from all over the world. Right. That would be, I would choose that every time. Great. Personally, Ross, where would you be on that? Would you, I'm just curious. Just Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. So, so the call I had just before we recorded this podcast is I'm part of this, the largest mentorship uh, thing on earth. And uh, I had a call with a guy named Eric in Mexico City. Um, you know, so we're on a four call thing. And I put myself into that program for 
to mentor people and to be mentors, because I think it's super interesting to be exposed to these ideas from across the world. Um, I think, you know, Rich, you know, I'm, I like in-person stuff, um, but I, I don't, I think there's huge value in the global thing. Like I'm in a few forums where we're sharing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having a couple of calls with different people who own similar businesses to mine in the world. And you're able to share things that you wouldn't share with someone locally. You can go, cool, this is what our finances look like. You know, what do your finances look like? What is your profit margin? What is your, you know, like, because I'm not going to be in Melbourne competing with a Melbourne business. Like, so, so what harm is it that I would show that? So there's definitely something very powerful in linking to people that are beyond your, your current sort of network, because I think like the opportunities are, are bigger. So the question I'd like to ask you both then, uh, you know, my book I wrote is called Legacy, that legacy thinking kills innovation. And is the chapter structure actually a chokehold on the past? Because we have this structure, it, we're kind of ring fest nice and, nice and neatly into it. Would it not make sense to have a, an at-large default? And again, even, and I, then I want to throw this back to you with regards to the office. I mean, you've already got a distributed workforce, Carrie. I mean, mm -hmm. a large percentage around the world. Do we even need to have a central location? Uh, great question. We brought that to the board a couple of weeks ago and said, hey, uh, we're not positive we need one. Uh, it's less than 30% of staff in the, the head office. And we've been working fine. Uh, great way to save costs. I think there's a question of, well, when we go to Washington, where are we going to go? But is, is that sufficient? Or, you know, is that a small office or, or just uh, some version of a rented space like a, like a WeWork? So mm -hmm. that question completely up for grabs. I noticed a little divergence. Uh, we always do a global staff meeting once a month. So 70% are distributed and 30% still zooming in. And I noticed the first month where we were all at home, it felt like we were all the same. You know, we were all in the same boat for the first time. And I felt comforted to be on that global staff call where I was in the same, okay, I'm in my office, I'm in my bedroom. It's a good feeling. But you had a first question before that. About uh, I'd, I'd love to talk about that one very briefly is that I've worked remotely for two years and my staff is at the office and I found it so lonely. But when everybody was remote, I didn't find it lonely. Nothing exactly. changed in my life, but it was just, I didn't feel like I was, I didn't feel like I was a sub member. I felt like I was right. an, an equal. So it democratizes right. everything. Right. Right. Mm. The, the first question is, does the old structure of chapter, and I guess the other way to frame this is if we decided to start EO imploded and we decided to start the organization again tomorrow from the ground up, would we still maintain the, the chapter regional global structure? I would think not. I mean, why, why, why would you? And even on the, the regional chapter, it's so new that what you're saying isn't ruled out. You know, it, it's just still, that's the cool thing about EO, that a pilot is really a pilot. It doesn't get set in stone. And so we were pushing back, like they said, well, we need to incorporate the regional chapter because, and I said, why? Oh, because we need to hire staff and we need a board. I'm like, well, you can have a board without having this paying lawyers to do this thing and hire staff. Like, Maybe we can take that burden on for you. You know, like, why, why do you think you have to recreate that exact structure? So I think your question is very good. And I heard some examples like, oh, well, yeah, I live in the US, but I could join the Europe regional chapter. So people were already thinking cross-border, but maybe the, the part that it is um, regional at all, but we, we could ditch it. Why not? I guess yeah, the time zones maybe make sense. That would be the only thing. But I, I guess there's night owls could join one because you know if you're a morning person, it might might be more on your biology as well as your geography. That is spot on. I just read that book. That is spot on. It's such a great insight, Ross. Um, yeah, I was just so so the thing that I was that that's missing for me in all of this is one of the best things that EO has done for me is these these once in a lifetime experiences. So like going to Doval for a, a meeting for a couple of days and it wasn't going to Doval that was special. It was the, the incidental conversations that I had along the way that, that changed my perspective on things. So, yes. so how do we, you know, like I think it's 
for me, it's not an either or. It's not a, it's not a like, cool, we're going to smash down everything that was there. And we're going to go to this whole new thing. So what is, like taking this forward, how do you make these, you know, I mean, one thing I'd love to see is these regional events becoming more global friendly, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's not just for yeah, US yeah. East, it's for, for everyone. It just happens yeah. to be in US East. Um, you know, so I think there's that, and I'm not sure what the answer to that thing is, because mm -hmm. as we open up again, you know, I guess it's, you know, we've had this discussion on the podcast a few times, it's like, what are the, what are the best things about digital and what are the worst things about digital mm -hmm. and how do we keep like, you know, I had to drive to a meeting the other day and it was terrible. It's like, I've got to yeah. leave like 30 minutes before, get in my car, drive somewhere. So I don't want to go back to that. But also sometimes having a brainstorm digitally, it just isn't as good as having it in right. a room with human beings. Right. You know, I think this is the right question, if I could take it. Um, the pause in in-person events really helped to set, step back and say, what is it for? What is the in-person event for? And what you said about being with people, being focused together, being in person, I think everybody wants that. The question is, is the way we were doing that um, efficient, correct? My, you know, my thing that I'm against, I'm happy to have lots of pushback on it. It's like, why are we putting on these regional trainings? So we have like a whole list. You can do Trifecta Summit. You can do Mentorship Summit. You can do, you know, it goes on and on and on, where you go there and you sit somewhere and you learn, okay, there's some exercises that are interactive, but it's not like the world's best learning. And then you get to have dinner. And then you have the drink. And then you have the coffee and all that great stuff. And I'm sure there are takeaways from the learning, but why not just do the good part and do the learning, you know, click through what you need to know uh, online. Now, at least we have that all online. And when you're getting back together, you get the best of the best of it. You know, telling your wife, well, I'm, I'm leaving town. I'm, you know, risking my health because I got to get trained in trifecta. Well, you know, yes. But I, I think that soul nourishment might not. It's not to pick on trifecta. I actually think it's pretty good. That's the problem. You don't want to call out that product's not good. But the part that people enjoy is being together. And if we make that the center of it yeah. and the shared experience, maybe the in-person training in a room can be ditched. Yeah, well, we can actually make room for that quite easily. So I've been thinking about this a lot with regards to the GLC events we've been running. Uh, I've been involved in two. Ross and I were both just involved in, yeah. in one together. And the thinking for me is very simple when we get together so the glc does two things it trains chapter offices but it also rewards chapter offices for their service mm -hmm. and we know this Great. and and it by creating that network there's actually a, an effect because yes. we now have relationships to learn about what other chapters do but a big percentage of of the time is spent in a conference room cramming in information not the interactive stuff mm -hmm. and i like the idea of the khan academy's flipped classroom yep. where you know, we should be saying your ticket, if you want your ticket to be validated to come to GLC, you have to have completed this learning, these learning modules. And this means instead of you sitting and going through lots and lots and lots of learning in room, you're basically sitting in a one hour primer with a lot, then a lot of open discussion, much more group discussion, very, very little talk to much more converse with. And then even then we'll probably finish in half the time. And then we can actually spend more time networking, interacting, and seeing beautiful places like Cape Town where everyone yeah, was going to yeah. come. Yeah. I don't Completely think to agree. just make That's it social fabulous. would be enough. Yeah, I yeah. think it has to be a hybrid because it would, again, yeah. it would be difficult for me to say to Jazz, yeah, I'm popping to another country for an EO social. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think you forgot one of the main reasons that GLC exists is that it's that the Canadians get to be cool for once, like once a year. Like it's like the only <laughs> okay. cool thing that Canada's I, ever no, done. No, no national slanders here. No, no, <laughs> Canada, uh-uh. <laughs> I'm normally wearing a Maple Leafs t-shirt or a Maple Leafs jersey oh, or a Maple Leafs hat. I have lots of Canada clothes because it's not just one day a year they're cool. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think we have to blow that apart. Like what you've just said is perfect. That uh, it can be something that 
it's like you're you're uh, stamping your card. I'll give you a small experience here. When I was at Red Cross, especially in the U.S., but plenty of Red Crosses around the world, their big business model is teaching first aid. And how did you teach first aid? You put 50 prisoners in a room for two days and made them listen to first aid, and then they would get their card stamped. And could they remember it? Could they do it? But that's how they made money. Red Cross made money by sticking 50 people in a room. And gosh, it's probably 15 years ago, British Red Cross said, you know, this is not the right way to learn. They put everything on an app and they said, look at people can just in the moment click on what to do with a broken arm. You don't need to hold them hostage for two days and they can't absorb it and they lack confidence. And we flipped the model around. It was very disruptive to say, hey, you're not gonna teach people anymore. You're not gonna get that income from getting $50 per person to sit in a room, but it's just wrong. You know, people aren't learning enough. Let's figure out the right way to give them what they need at hand. No, I agree with you on chapter officer role. There's other things people can be learning in person about how to be a good servant leader, how to be a follower, how to influence, how to um, be a good board. So it's not just the tick list of, oh, what do I do in GSEA? I'm sorry, Global Student Entrepreneurs Awards. I hate to use the acronyms. EO has many. <laughs> EO has many. Can, can I ask a question that just sort of changes the, the direction a little bit? And like, I'm interested because um, you know, sort of, you know, when I imagine, imagine your, your office, it sits at the top of like, like this organization, which is connected to all of these people doing interesting things. Um, and it's a two-sided question. And I always like to go to the bad one first and then end on the good one. Like what is, what is the best of what you've seen during this time? Like in your position, like what is the best of what you've seen and what is the, the worst of, of what you've seen? Yeah, the best is just amazing. And we, we barely even know all of the best. You could put a bunch of graduate students out there and collect stories for the next year and be, be overwhelmed. The, the creativity, the ability not to accept that my business doesn't exist. I just heard one of a guy in the events business who decided since events dried up, he was going to help the first responders in the hospital and give them like a VIP suite where they could, you know, those are the people who are gathering who do need the food and drink. And, and in fact, he's selling it. It was, it's not even just a giveaway. He's made a business by catering to hospitals needing to do more for their staff. I'm like, that's brilliant. It's so different from what you think of events, but he, he shifted it very quickly. There's so many people who have found uh, other ways to contribute and to make money, it, that creativity is overwhelming. And then the give back part, we barely know because EO members generally are not out there saying, look at all the great stuff I do, they just do it. But there was this great example of uh, EO members in Spain who started raising money and were able to purchase a large number of ventilators. I don't know the current number. I thought the last number was like 80 for, for Spain. And we're, you know, we're new in Spain. We're not like a huge chapter and they just did it. That part is overwhelming. Um, and the, the thing that got me right at the beginning where we all knew something was different, as Rich was said, that the connection was going to be different, was that fabulous webinar of the chapter president and president-elect from Italy. They were there in Northern Italy uh, sharing their life and they were basically two to four weeks ahead of all of us. And the gift that was that we could all see, okay, they're there, what it feels like, what it sounds like. They, they told us to take it more seriously than any of us I think were willing to do. And that looking into the future was, was a magic moment for us. We have the ability to do that like again and again and again in non-crisis settings as well. Uh, EO Madrid, it's a hundred respirators in uh, uh, 10 hospitals. Uh, yeah, I mean, or in 18 hospitals in 10 cities. I mean, it's incredible. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, I had a conversation the other day, which is uh, like kind of echoes this, which is um, how many, how many entrepreneurs have been more busy, done more and achieved more in the last like two months than they have in, in a long time. And then I've got some friends who, who work in large corporations uh, and they're quite senior and they're, they're, you know, they're doing a lot, but, but those businesses have slowed down. They, they just yeah. in like, they've just gone into hibernation mode. So, so yeah. they still have too. So, so a lot of my friends are just sitting at home and watching Netflix and exercising and reading a book. And I'm like, I'm going to come out the other end of this thing, a much better person. Um, 
a much better person than than I went in. Um, but I, I'm not sure if everybody can say that. And I think there's definitely something for for the the members to to think about that. Like, uh, and and a lot of my thinking was shaped by the conversations I've had by people like Rich and some of the you know like some of the the, the things you've been exposed to inspire you to do other stuff and to take bigger steps and bigger leaps than you you might have have done if you were just sitting on your own yeah yeah and, and but, like just in fact sorry carry on i was just going to turn to the downside but if you're still on the upside let's stay there a moment <laughs> no i mean I, I also just feel that um the the because we're all hyper connected in eo the ones who were thinking of tapping out a little bit are kind of caught in the in the tide or and in the current of all the ones who are doing things I've never been one to talk about like hustle, 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 yeah. but there has been the need to do this at the moment to save our businesses. And it's so energizing. And then we keep on getting inspired by other people's stories that we almost don't feel that we have permission to stop and just do nothing. Mm -hmm. So everyone is just this great motion at the moment. And, I, and I've seen people outside the castle wall, so to speak, of EO, and they don't have that access. Mm -hmm. They're not that connected. They're, they're kind of, they're able to be lonely. I've not had the ability to be lonely in this. Like I was on a call this morning with EO, you know, it's like every day, uh, twice a day is, is EO time for me at the moment. It's been, a, it's really has been the, the, the walls that have held me up. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing because all, you know, before this EO has been promoting mindset, you know, this is about mindset. It's not that you have to be smarter than other people. It's great. It's not that you necessarily have to work harder. It's that mindset of can you see to the other side? And this is the test. I, I love that everybody can have a bad day, a bad week, a bad month there. And someone is going to like give you that energy when you're ready to take it. You know, sure, you may have a day you feel like staying under the covers and you don't want to really think about your, your balance sheet. But there's somebody there who's going to pick you up the moment you're willing to get on the phone, the moment you're willing to do the Zoom call. The energy is there. Absolutely. And now the bad. So <laughs> I wonder for the person who's under the covers, is it intimidating or scary? Like they just don't feel it yet. You know, like, oh, that's great. Rich, everyone out is telling me there's all these opportunities. Everyone's making money. What's wrong with me? So, you know, I think um, coronavirus, I think now with Black Lives Matter, you don't know what somebody is going through emotionally. Uh, people have different reasons for responding differently to this crisis. Uh, how you feel about health issues, how you feel about your body. There's, there's a lot packed in there. So not everybody is going to wake up with that hustle instinct. And you know, I would just want to make sure that it's not um, worst case shaming, but that there, there's an openness to like help people with their feelings. What I love about EO is that we're allowed to have feelings. <laughs> That's one of the yeah. best things. And just you know, it can't be um, it can't be like the the American thing. Let's just all smile and say it's good. You know, like no, no. Let's let's talk about having really rough days and. Uh, and some of the group chats I'm on, I see people sharing when they're having a really tough day. And uh, I know probably everybody's not there. We had a member in South Africa who was actually on the show a few weeks ago. And one of the most empowering things um, he almost did for all of us was he stood up at the beginning when he was having such a terrible time. And kind of, it was almost before it had hit the rest of us. And that also changed the narrative. And um, we weren't just inspired by the people who were feeling phenomenal. We were actually as inspired by the people who were feeling, feeling vulnerable. And I thought it was a great permission that was given to us. Is there something else you guys see as the downside um, during this? There's, there's micro downsides in the short term because there's a lot of short term impact. Uh, for me, for example, this really did uh, shine a floodlight and it revealed all the shadows in my business all the things that have been hidden and so there was things that we had to fix but it but there's also a, an entire change to our business model the way we have to work and that means there's not space for everybody who is fitting one business model for the one in the future and so so i don't want to act like it's just it's been purely easy we had to make some very very tough decisions but the net gain on on this for all involved uh, ultimately is going to be good. 
and it really has forced me my business was on cruising altitude so i was just kind of collecting the dials it's now kind of forced me to look at because uh, we were on the asset the, the descent so now we're kind of taking off again and um it's been very exciting and very powerful but there has been you know really really tough conversations that we had to have and and a lot of tough things and I know that, and this is a very weird thing to say, I know that extroverts are struggling. I never want to change. Like I, this has been me and my element. I, I'm such an introverted person. I've loved working like this, but I know there are members of my team who are really, really missing being with people. Yeah. 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 So and can, we can, don't want to gloss over the, the people. We, we've all laid off people. I mean, it's a terrible time where you know, if we, if we can't support it's just awful it, watching people cry as they're, they're laying off staff. It, it's, it's very yeah. tough. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Can we, can we ask the question like, what is, you know, like what are the, the strategies that EO is deploying to kind of to survive this and to kind of come out the other side sort of yeah. you know, better? So we quickly uh, came up with like, it's not even a strategy because it's very quick and high level. Just what, what are we doing in the interim? And let me see if I can memorize it because it was so simple. It was peer-to-peer -peer support, online delivery, um, renewals preparation, and uh, transparency, financial, I think we call our operational agility, but it's really been about financial transparency. So that was just focusing on what do we have to do right this minute. We're coming out the other end of that. And so basically what we've done is dusted off, I mean, didn't have dust on it. We were about to roll out a new strategy that starts July 1st, 2020, because our vision 2020 ends June 30th. And uh, we dusted it off a few weeks ago and looked at which elements of it are still relevant. And I was shocked to see where we were planning to invest and go is pretty much good. You know, we weren't planning more large in-person meetings. That wasn't in the big strategy. We weren't planning to become a big like VIP travel company. So luckily that wasn't the direction we were going. And a lot of what we were doing was looking at uh, digital pilots this non-chapter model that's that, that kind of zoomed ahead much faster we literally had written into the strategy differentiated pricing and boom like we have the most differentiated pricing nobody would have ever planned this like right now if you don't know the eo model is pay what you can that is literally the model uh this year i don't know what it'll be next year but we were like oh let's hire a consultant and think about differentiated pricing well it's differentiated boom so uh that that just zoomed ahead and literally trying to understand what a member gets and how they feel about it you know, that that feedback is just hyper accelerated so um, that's been gratifying. I think we had some hopes. Uh, we have done a digital recruitment pilot that went pretty well last year, but one of the findings was we can't warm up these people uh, on the internet digitally. If there's not a chapter, they're willing to like show them what EO is and have an event. That was the, the only model we had. We can do some events for new members virtually, but that not quite there so digital recruitment uh, we'll still be doing it next year but a little harder because we know having to meet EO members is critical but as soon as we get that going that's a piece that's more delayed I think that's a very easy solve though I think the most important difference is to stop selling forum and to start selling these special industry groups forum is an easy one because you sell somebody and you give them a forum experience and it's accelerated quite quickly that's harder to enter into remotely. Whereas if I was a retailer and I could join a special interest group with retailers from all over the world, the value is immediate. Uh, right. and, and then forum can be laid later. So I think we have to change the, the emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> We've got to change the <laughs> emphasis, you know, we got to uh, uh, get that. Now, one, one thing I kind of wanted to, I know that we're running through time. Mm -hmm. I want to really call out that, I mean, what many people will not know is that you took a salary now. Now, I'm, first of all, I think it's unbelievably amazing and it just shows the quality of leadership that you have that you'd be willing to do that. But I'm furious that you had to. And in fact, some members even suggested that, um, I, I saw one comment, they said, I hope other staff follow suit. And I was like, this is the most ridiculous thing. Like the organization should support our staff. Now, I imagine that you did this to allow you to support your team and the show of leadership there and for us in general. But, but um, 
I feel quite sorry that you should have to. What would, could, would you mind going into this kind of personal question? Would you mind going into yeah. some of the thinking behind it? Yeah, um, it's interesting. Uh, it, it's definitely come out different than I imagined. Uh, I had been thinking a lot about the staff team for sure. And um, there's a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. I can't promise how big EO is going to be next year. I, I literally don't know. We're pushing. We really, really want everybody to stay, but I don't know. And so that limbo of not knowing, I felt like this could send a, a clear message to the staff that uh, I'm there for them. And I have to say the response I got from the staff made it feel right and good because you know there's a sense you know they can't know all the discussions they don't know but then they know that 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 i am thinking about them and um that was really helpful it's it's interesting it's such a funny thing i mean i'm still trying to figure out what it means to the members because i didn't really have a, a way to know there's some way that i guess me taking a risk maybe matches some of the entrepreneurial DNA. I mean, I'm in EO for the long haul. I truly, truly, truly believe EO is going to grow like gangbusters just organically doing this good stuff. So I think it's a way for me to show that I'm confident and I'm invested for the long haul. Uh, I don't have equity. Like it's a little different when you all take a pay cut and it's your firm and you're an owner. I, I'm not an owner. There's nothing to own. We're a nonprofit. But there's some way that the response I got from members surprised me. Um, but maybe it's putting us more in a similar boat. Uh, you know, I, I'm not afraid to be vulnerable about EO, even financially, because I think we're doing the right things. I think the fundamentals of the business are, are awesome. So I don't know. Does that answer your question? I haven't really spoken about it. So it really does. I just I, I think it's I mean, what you said there about um, putting you in a boat, because I realize as well. So I've taken a cut and, and but it doesn't really I've not had to think about it because I know it's a swing and roundabout, like when the business will ramp up and, and things will be good. But this is just a gift you've given to your team because it's not like you're going to, and um, it gave me a big perspective there. I think this leads to possibly the biggest problem. So I was having a discussion with a group of people and they were talking about the local Jews versus the global Jews. And they said, well, you know, I'm very happy to pay the local Jews. I think it's the global Jews that we, we should cut more. And I thought, wow, that's so funny because I feel the opposite. I feel I'm very happy with the global Jews because for every product we have is ultimately global and it's staff are really doing amazing things. But the local Jews are technically for local events. And I would rather say for this year, I would like my local Jews to be pay as you go um, mm -hmm. event fees. So if I join a webinar, I pay for that. Or if I join a live event at some point when that happens, I pay you know, 500 Rand or $50, whatever, to, to attend that event. And I think that that could be cool. And um, yeah, so, but, but this is, makes me realize, back to your point, that I think people don't truly understand the, what staff does. And right. again, I started with this. Our staff are unbelievable. Like they're really, really high caliber, right? And super committed. Right. But I think you're getting to a very good point. And people like you and Ross are extremely helpful because you're fabulous communicators. And um, on the EO staff side, it's not, you know, you know, narrative is not what we're doing day in, day out. We're just busting our butts. And I think uh, we, we haven't been able to explain it. Even this bit about 60% of the staff are supporting 43 entities, those subcommittees, committees, et cetera. Like that, that story, I, I only figured that out about a month ago when all these questions wow. were coming at me and people were asking because, you know, we, we haven't needed to and that's a kind of laziness that I think we all knew on the staff side that we didn't have the story right and now the shot like the spotlight shined on it like absolutely we don't have the story right and so we're looking at uh, the delivery models like how all this so-called support we are giving to a chapter from you know officer training expert calls quantifying it so people know and then we can look at it was that worth the money is the roi there we have to have that discussion and uh we're laser focused like that on my team now of finding ways to quantify the support and training we give to chapters and and then the ask is it sufficient was it worth the money the user pay part is really interesting because people don't realize you're paying this amount for university we're subsidizing university through all these different types of support we've never given you that 
uh, view because frankly, we didn't have the financial system that could show you what is the subsidy for each thing you're doing user pay. You think generally that you're either paying 100% or 110%. We're making a margin. I promise you, we're not making a margin on anything except for accelerator and that's a tiny, tiny one. But we don't show you what is that subsidy that it took to get you, you know, you paying the university fee. Even a regional event, we're supporting that with staff hours and uh, you may not see that. I think I think this has highlighted for me probably the biggest failing in the way EO communicates itself. I think the term global needs to die because you are not there's not global, regional, and local. You are part of an organization. You are part of EO. And and one of our things is one EO, yet we talk about it like there's two entities. Like it's insane. Like the, the way we've structured it does not support the message that we're trying right. to. So the term global should just go away. Like it should not be that there, there is a like a management office, you know, where the, the staff are kind of held and that it like that is that is the outside, not the outside entity, but that is the physical entity that exists. And everything then yeah. happens in a network. For, you know, format, right. like you said, there is no global, it shouldn't exist. Right. right. And if we create more of like the forum that Rich is talking about, more emphasis on the industry, industry groups, then it's just EO. It, you know, the, part of it does have to do with the chapter having been how it's built. So it's chapter, non-chapter. But let's, let's just have EO offerings and people can choose yes. or be guided through their member journey <laughs> to uh, the, the thing that works for them. I think it also yes, comes I down think. to the language, like that word, if we have that word, if that word still exists in the vocabulary of EO and EO members, that, that division will always exist. Well, in fact, the only word that should exist is global, in my mind. Yeah. Global is not the problem. Chapter, regional, these 42 organizations that the staff are supporting, they are the problem. You have your forum and EO. It's forum yeah. and the rest of the world. And there will be cases where you'll have local events. And that is simply, you know, if you're around, you can, you can get involved there. And I think then what we can do is, because the one thing that EO does is a support structure for people to gain in leadership and to learn and grow in this space in leadership. And it's easier to do if we have more things for them to lead. Mm. But I've thought a lot about this idea of leading outside the organization rather than inside. Yeah. So instead of us pulling the, 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 our resources to every year reinvent what is happening locally to give ourselves this feeling of, oh, we're really moving this and not much is changing. If we actually came together to say, okay, so how can we run better outside mentorship, other things, you know, like Ross, I've spoken to you about this Phoenix project, which I feel quite strongly about launching. And we're trying to get it launched internally with the EO. Otherwise I'll do it as a my EO group. But we've now got all these you know, what, 13, 14,000 entrepreneurs, some of whom are distressed businesses. I want to create a basis where we can all say, okay, uh, everybody who's okay, the ones who are fine, help the ones who are not. So we can help if you're launching a new business, I want to give you a pitch presentation or some training and you might help them with branding and other organizations will help them with accounting. So these people who've lost their businesses can go up. We can lead, we don't have to just run the, the organization, mm. but we do need to find other playgrounds for these member leaders to play. And that yes. to me should be a bigger initiative. If we weren't, if we weren't, because we have to solve for it because it is an important part of the offering. But if we didn't have a chapter board doing finance and things and stuff like this, what would we then have and how could we then elevate? You know, I always say when I do my talks on AI and people say, oh, but people will lose their jobs. No, jobs will lose their people. And when jobs lose their people, those people go on and solve higher order problems. Mm -hmm. And I think that will happen within year. That's fabulous, Rich. Music to my ears. Everything you said sounded awesome. Really, really good. I think uh, North Asia was kind of starting out with what are all the resources we can focus to our peers in crisis and giving them those, I think we called it like, um, there was a situational leadership. So, okay, I need help with marketing. I need help with this. Uh, if we were to put that energy there and everybody's businesses started blooming, like, wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. So, so I'm super cognizant of time. Um, can, can we ask you one, one last question? So, so what is the one habit or one thing that you would really like to take out the other side of this that you think other people would benefit from, from knowing? So I had a lot of good habits, but the one that I've added um, was having coffee on my 
porch in the morning with my husband. We built this beautiful porch. We didn't even have chairs on the porch until the <laughs> coronavirus started. And we're out there listening to the birds, sipping our coffee. And it's like so against everything we've been taught at our capitalist society. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, I've got 15 minutes. I'm going to have coffee out here. So it, I, I got to find a way to hold on to that because, you know, I, I've been exercising. I'm pretty good at meditating, getting there. But like the coffee, I would have never thought of. That's such a good I, I have lunch with my wife every day. I mean, you're at home with Sebastian. The gift of you spending this much time with a child that age mm -hmm. is just incredible. You know, it's just amazing. Um, Carrie, I guess, I, you know, just before we kind of thank you and close, maybe one last question I want to ask you would be... Ross said that was all, the last question. <laughs> all the committees you work with, there's yeah. like so many of them. I was wondering uh, which one was your favorite and then why you chose Global Communications Committee. Well, because it is my favorite. There's no doubt. Uh, the members of the GCC have always overwhelmed me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, no, really, everybody's pretty darn passionate, but the expertise we have on that committee, God, they blow me away. Uh, you know, people who are just fabulous in this space, it, it, it's priceless. And I'm glad my business model got you to work for me for free. <laughs> We're glad to do it. I've loved every minute. I'm rolling off after three years and 20, 20 odd days, and um, it'll leave a big gap. Yeah, it's been really, really meaningful. Oh, oh anyway, we'll thank, find ways yeah. to deploy you, as you said, to help businesses in need. Let's do it. Awesome. Phoenix I'm project. looking forward to that. Yeah, I put Good. my hand up already for the Phoenix project. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Carrie, well, uh, from my side, Ross will do the big close. But thank you so much for your time. You like we reached out. You just said yes, like everything else. Like I find you to be one of the most inspirational leaders that I have ever worked with. I really, you know. I'm such a fan and I just, I want to thank you so much for everything you do for us. I think you're also probably the most underappreciated uh, member, just mostly because I think that um, uh, the most unappreciated person in the organization, mostly because so many members just you don't know because you're very, very happy to work in the background. So thank you so much. Well, thank you guys. You, you're amazing. Thanks for this opportunity. Definitely the highlight of my day. So thanks. Well, thank you so much for, for contributing, Carrie. It was really insightful. Um, You've been listening to the special edition of the radio podcasts uh, produced by the Entrepreneurs Organization in South Africa. But potentially we're going to rebrand that to the Entrepreneurs Organization around the world. Um, so then we're not going to thank our local sponsors because they're not relevant anymore. We're going to thank anybody globally who wants to throw any kind of foreign currency at this podcast. Uh, we are ready to catch it. <laughs> Um, but also uh, our local sponsors. <laughs> yeah. um, so if you are an entrepreneur and, and, and you're listening to this and you got any value out of it, um, you know, please pass it on to somebody else. Um, and if you would like to know more about the Entrepreneurs Organization, go to eonetwork.org. Uh, it's literally a, a life-changing experience. So thank you very much and we'll catch you in the next one. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Bye-bye.